I remember once being in a history lesson at secondary school and getting told off by the teacher because I was laughing because <coughs> someone was making like fart noises surreptitiously, but like really good wet ones, like just God knows, like <laughs> complete rectal blowback noise. And I was I was laughing and I laughed out loud and the teacher had a go at me and he was like, he was a northern, he was like, Tim, the day you stop finding fart noises funny is the day you become an adult. <laughs> <laughs> and it just it just rung in my ears and I still find like farts. <laughs> shit really funny keeps is me it, young is it me or does that sound like more like a gypsy's curse than anything he like was, he was from, just from for, big yeah he was just foreseeing my future basically ladies and gentlemen welcome to another episode of ill-informed insight your safe space to chat bollocks about current affairs. I'm Tom, and today I'm joined once again by Tim. Hello, good evening. And making his... Is this your debut? No, you've no. been on this podcast before. My sporadic return! <laughs> like a like some sort of rash you can't, can't quite shift. Well, that comes and goes more like. <laughs> it's Hyman! Oh yeah, hi people. And live, via satellite and cables running under the ground. He's on Skype, it's Anthony! What's up? <laughs> Tonight, our ill-informed insight, Trump visits the UK to celebrate D-Day. <laughs> <laughs> so I've always wanted to do that. That'll do, yeah, that's not a bad intro. carpet rolled out as a very important guest rolls into Downing Street. The Trumps and the Mays on the steps of number 10. Their last house call together. It's the greatest alliance the world has ever known. This no-deal president even praised Mrs May's Brexit deal. Perhaps you won't be given the credit that you deserve if they do something, but I think you deserve a lot of credit. Meanwhile, down the road, the man who wants to take her spot in number 10 was addressing a crowd opposed to President Trump. And by our demonstration here today, we've shown just how determined we, all of us are, to achieve that better place and that better world. I don't know Jeremy Corbyn, never met him. Never spoke to him. He wanted to meet today or tomorrow, and I, I decided that I would not do that. Uh, I think that he is, from where I come from, somewhat of a negative force. But it won't be Mr. Corbyn that he deals with next. What of the front runners to succeed Mrs. May as Prime Minister? So I know Boris. Uh, I like him. I've liked him for a long time. He's, uh, I think he'd do a very good job. I know Jeremy. I think he'd do a very good job. I don't know Michael. But whether it's Boris Johnson, Jeremy Hunt or Michael Gove, they'll all have to grapple with a president who wants to cut a trade deal on the NHS. Look, I think everything with a trade deal is on the table. When, you, when you're dealing in trade, everything's on the table. So NHS or anything else, or a lot, a lot more than that. But everything will be on the table, absolutely. So 75 years ago this week, June 6th, I think it was. British, American and Canadian forces stormed the beaches of Normandy and liberated Nazi-occupied France. You say that like it was just like something easy. No, it took a, it took a yeah, while. Just occupied, you know, ran up the beach. No problem. And like parachuted a few guys in. It was, it was one of the de- decisive battles in the, the history of mankind. If you don't count the sort of Eastern Front and the, the massive Russian sacrifices, but it was it was the sort of reinsertion of the Allied forces into Europe after they'd been chased out with a tail between their legs in Dunkirk. I'm going to show my ignorance. So I know D-Day was an event that happened, but how? The d- no, no, day. no, no. How long was? I know it's called D-Day, but how long did Operation Neptune last? It, it until, until they technically completed it. Approximately two weeks. Two weeks, okay. And it was to get to where in... It was a pivotal moment. It was, in, like, it was the first time the Nazis had been repelled back. Yeah. Plus, it was sort of... It set the stage It was Western Front being won by the, the Allies. They basically had some like strategic targets in, you know, north northwestern France that they had to just take you know all the ports all the main uh, towns and railroad and there was a bit of cunning because like there was a big swerve wasn't there like the the brits uh, gave uh, rommel i think it was rommel gave him the impression that they were going to land some like, 20 miles north Calais. of where they really did or something like yeah, that yeah yeah and they they even did um 
I think it's a true story because they made a film about it, but they, they got a body of what looked like a crash pilot and uh, hid like a sort of coded message on him that they knew the Germans would be able to read that sort of right, had okay. all, like, loads of fake information about where they were planning their you know, operation. So it was like they were really doing misdirection from, from a while back. And they did that and inflatable tanks and things like that. Yeah. But despite all that cunning and guile, it's still boiled down to like 19-year-olds running directly into machine gun fire from landing craft. It was just... Oh, God. Anthony? Question of numbers. Yeah. Do you remember in Cadets, we did that, I think it was like a three-day yes. war, and it was yes. the beach landing thing? We were. At, do you remember mm. we were at the front because they put the slowest at the front and the fastest at the back. The two chubby kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we would. We still landed on the beach way behind everybody else. Yeah, they had to do it again because of us. I remember oh, clearly. Yeah. So were you on a beach? Were you? What? How did this? We're work? in like this amphibian vehicle in the most uncomfortable life jacket what? in your life. Like, because it's like you know, it's like I swear to God, like the people who do cadets. Like the officers and things, like the colour sergeants and all that. They're all people that got kicked out of the army. You were in, um, you were in an amphibious vehicle? Yeah. Where was this? Oh, where was it? And Was it down in Devon? I'm sure it was on the coast somewhere. It was Devon. <laughs> yeah, Devon. God. And it was hell. It was, it was three days of fucking hell. Did it put you off joining the armed forces? Absolutely. Once a year, they give you a gun and they let you fire a gun in a range. And you're like, okay, it was worth it. Because you want to leave the whole fucking time. Every Friday when you're... <laughs> Every Friday you're on the parade square doing your stupid marches and like, yeah, you want to quit every time. But then it's like the promise of one, one day a year we might go canoeing. How many uh, years did you do it for? I think I joined really late. I joined at the end of year seven. Anthony joined, I think, at the start of year seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you were 11-ish. Yeah, and I think I lasted about a year. I think at the end of year eight, I, was, <laughs> I quit. My God, you had no social pressures on you just for shit. It's like they're awful. The the like the officers and things there, they take it way too fucking seriously. Like screaming in your face, kind of. Do you know, like the like the dr- American drill sergeant cliche: yeah. break you down, build you up. Mm, they're like that, and it's like eleven year old boys. There's something wrong about that, isn't there? It was abusive. Yeah. I remember, like, we got whipped by bungee cords at night in the when our beds. Yeah, there was a lot of bullying as well. Yeah, trauma based mind control. That's it's kind it, of like being it. in the Russian military, that's what being we, in cadets. That's what <laughs> military training boils down to. You basically, you want to erase the person and have a blank slate so you can put a soldier in where the person used to be. Not Someone. when they're 11. And also... <laughs> that's like the best time. That's the best time. <laughs> yeah, as kids, yeah. <laughs> Get them when they're young and you can mold the man. So, 75th anniversary of D-Day. The President of the United States himself. The absolute madman. God Emperor. Prictator as Stephen Colbert called him earlier in the week. President Trump, he came to the UK to do a state visit. They rolled out the red carpet for him at number 10 down the street. He got to meet the Queen, which I think was like pretty much all he really wanted to do as president, wasn't it? Well, he's apparently he's a very, apparently he's a very big fan of uh, the whole concept of the United Kingdom, and he has his old familial ties here with his, through his mother, who was Scottish. Then he would hate the English. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Why does yeah, like how Scottish could she be if she really loved? I don't know. But he, apparently, apparently, he was a big, big fan. You know, he put the Buster Churchill back in his office after Obama had taken it out, and um, he's always he's always been very complimentary. Oh, he wants he? to take back India, does he? He's been he's been very complimentary in the face of unbridled and unprecedented criticism of a head of state from two of our elected representatives. Yes, but it just goes to show yeah. that our Which is what we're really represent- talking about, isn't it? Like, obviously, we, we honour the people's incredible sacrifice in D-Day, and we should remember that bravery. Um, please, we'll never have to repeat it. The- and we should also recognise the fact that the, the president of, you know, the most powerful free country in the world has, a big ally. Has, has come for a state visit. But no, the real reason, I think, is because of these two fucking twerps and their... Well, not just two. There's a lot of twerps in this country, actually, who had a problem with Trump. I'm going to say now, like, full disclosure, I don't mind Donald Trump. I even might like him. (gasps) It's such a (laughs) dangerous thing to say nowadays. But what about you guys? What are your takes on Trump? I was going to say, quick question, Anthony. So, Tom, Tim and I are in London. Outside of London, did you feel, what what was the beat what was the uh, drumbeat going on? Were people, Did you feel, yeah. were people angrier that day, those three days that he was here? Not really. To be honest, the only reason that I saw anything was just from stuff on like, BBC News and stuff like that. No one in my office even talked about it. In fact, I didn't. I only 
I didn't even read any articles myself about it just because I know you would be talking about it. I just think the whole thing is kind of completely underwhelming. Do I just have, think, you know, what's your, massively overblown, really. What do you think of Trump, yeah. though? Do you, are you a fan? Mildly indifferent? I'm not, I'm or do you hate him because he's a Nazi? No, this is my thought, actually. I saw a really good video um, by Noam Chomsky, who's basically saying that Trump is just a massive distraction, really, for the Republican Party in America, who are just putting through loads of like terrible shit in the background, loads of legislation through, and everyone can just can't get past Trump. And he's really just a distraction. I think his politics are terrible, but I think you have to kind of get past that and actually just look at the politics of the Republican Party. Yeah, they're, they're, acting, they're acting as though they don't really have a leader. Like, they don't think Trump's actually a leader who's leading the party and they're just doing what they want. Because taking advantage of the fact that Trump's not, he's not a political animal, he's a build the wall, lock her up. Like, that's like the extent of his political philosophy maybe that's the extent of his philosophy but love him or hate him you can't say that's the extent of his achievements or and even if you don't want to call them achievements it's big long-lasting things that he's done that will be around after he's gone things like moving the u.s embassy in israel to jerusalem things like uh the mexican border wall which is going to start going up a lot more quickly now that he's threatened them with huge tariffs um the the peace with well not peace but the sort of concord with uh, north korea the fact that we're talking to them nothing really happened on that yeah though. but yeah, nothing's, it, happened, and nothing's happened but nothing bad has happened either so you got to take your positives where you well, can it's, it's the, all these big things which probably wouldn't have happened under another president kim jong-il looks more like a global player because he sat down with the president, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and the, like America looks like it's w- currently going to w- win the trade war it has with China. So a lot of big things Trump's going to leave in his wake. Love him or hate him. That's all I wanted to say. Well, that's a question I was going to ask you guys. So beforehand, before he came over, did he? Was there rumblings or on their side or over here? about an agenda he had to come here? Or was he just, this is a state visit that you had to do and happened to be coming over? Because of D-Day. Yeah, yeah. but I'm like, what, was there any other political agenda or governmental agenda that, that you feel like they were slipping in there? No. Like behind the, behind the door talks? Supposedly, the reason Theresa May stayed on for as long as she did is because she wanted this moment with the president even though it's Donald Trump. She wanted her really? moment with the Queen, with the President. The thing is, though, the President's come on a visit previously, which wasn't a state one, and he had, like, there were there were massive um, protests, which were actually a lot smaller out, around this time. The, proce- the protests were a lot smaller. But the, the thing about... I don't think really the government wanted him to come over because he was going to open his big mouth about Brexit and think, Farage. And I think the Tories did. He said all this stuff about the NHS and just shut everyone up for a few days. <laughs> it was hilarious just to watch the sort of panic and, and craziness that just ended on I the mean, country. Before, the, before Air Force One even landed, he sent those tweets, didn't he, about Sadiq Khan? Yeah. But calling they, him a stone cold loser and yeah. he's been a terrible mayor but Khan had really started that that particular spat a, a day or two before with his own uh, outbursts in the media well, it started where, about where, two years ago well he said something that was particularly in bad taste seeing that the, the, we were like a couple of days away from D-Day yeah, he, li- he, he likened Trump to 20th century fascist dictators or, di- or fascist leaders were, were, was his words. And if you talk about 20th century fascists, you're basically talking about Nazis and the people that we fought in World War II. So it was just a bad choice. Like, if you want to have a go at him, Sadiq, maybe use some different cusses. <laughs> what about what's-his-name who uh, taste. set up the NHS? That's a pretty good one to be uh, the Labour leader. What? What's the Labour leader who created the oh, NHS? Yeah. Beth. Maybe that's what he meant by the 19, uh, 20th century leader. He wasn't a fascist, though. What? Well, I think he was a fascist, yeah. I mean, what fascist allowed, like, almost every media publication to just sort of trash him 24 hours a day? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, he's a shit one if he is a fascist, look. Wow. But yeah, he tweeted that Sadiq... But that the whole thing with Sadiq Khan, if I remember correctly, there was talk of how um, uh, post-Brexit Theresa May was sort of desperate to have a sort of photo where she's shaking the hand of a world leader and they're talking about free trade. Hmm. And she wanted it to be Donald Trump. And there was like, do you remember um, there was some sort of parliamentary committee where they had a debate over whether Donald Trump should actually be allowed yes. into the country? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think it was like mostly Labour MPs. But even old uh, John Burko pulled out all the stops this time to prevent Trump from addressing Parliament. 
you know and, yeah. and of course there and and the, the absolute best sort of collision that happened was with trump and jeremy corbyn where corbyn went on about how trump was a misogynistic racist and blah 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 and he refused to sit with him, even though he, you know, we all know that Corbyn gives hand jobs to Hamas under the table. And he, he was he was photographed sitting down at the royal dinner with uh, President Xi of China, who anyone can argue has a worse human rights record than fucking America, China. Anyway, so he and but then he, he said he was going to refuse to sit down. And he showed himself to be a massive, massive hypocrite. Because it turned out that he'd actually asked President Trump for a meeting, and yeah, Trump turned on him one. down. <laughs> So instead he had a little, well, uh, he had a rally in Parliament Square or somewhere, didn't he? Or Whitehall. Trafalgar, yeah. Yeah. Cause, um, and gave the same speech he's given for the last 30 years but to, they made to a, his fans. Him and uh, Emily Thornberry made a point of saying, like, we're not going to do any of the sort of state functions. But yeah, I mean, that was a, that was actually sort of semi-smart political play by Corbyn. Did that, asking for the one-on-one, because if, if Trump said yes... Corbyn could have gone there and said, like, nothing really. Yeah, he cl- behind closed doors, he could have just gone, well, it's been half an hour, good, I can go get yeah. my press bar, uh, my press piece now. Then afterwards go, oh, I, I gave him hell about this, took him to task on that kind of thing. So but, Trump was right, though, to sort of say no. But in essence, like, Trump, part, part of me thinks that we, after this event has happened, nothing, nothing has moved on. It was like a, a bump in the road. Nothing feels like we've grown as society. I feel we've gotten dumber because I feel more people know less about D-Day. And yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm literally talking about like days leading up to the D-Day, the Remembrance Day. All it was was, oh, Trump and he's coming or like he's going to be here for a few days. And then as soon as that happened, it was, oh, these are our fallen heroes. And it's the same fucking thing every goddamn year. It's the most disingenuous thing the news ever does. And it just reminds me, like, I, you need uh, a, uh, a fourth estate. But not the fourth estate we've got. I like when they do the old veterans thing. Like the guy who did the... He parachuted out at like age 95 or something like that. Oh, I saw that. That was... that was. I saw that on the news. He was a 95-year-old parachutist. And they, they recreated it. They put a parachute on him and sent him out of the plane again. It was all going perfectly, wasn't it? Until after he landed and started <laughs> shooting at all the German people. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a perfect scene. And then it became like some terrorist incident. But, you know, you described it as a bump in the road and nothing really changed my takeaway from these few days of craziness is there has been a big change now it, I, th- I actually think that the criticism from all the labor people of trump will be proved to have backfired massively on labor and their mainstream appeal because basically now like how how can anyone in their right mind <laughs> publicly and honestly you know like we used to talk about shy tories mm. i think inevitably there have to be like shy labor voters now because to say you vote for the labor party you're voting not only for these absolute nutcases who like make balloons of trump and just say these stupid things like corbyn and look like clowns and hypocrites how can you honestly say that you support that party because they are the leadership of that party and they will be the leaders if if your support gets them in i I don't know i don't think that's i don't think that's gonna be that associated with labor to be Mm. honest i think the thing about the thing about jeremy corbyn is actually kind of similar to trump as in you know he has a core support that no matter what is thrown at him isn't going to change their minds even the anti-semitism stuff not doesn't stick i don't think and you know donald trump can say whatever he likes and people are still going to support him and i think jeremy corbyn has a sort of core appeal that you know people will just stick with him no matter what i don't think this week's changed anything in that regard yeah they'll stick with him but they'll have to be um but they'll have to be honest about what the party they stand for stands for you know, it's well, like think, yeah. it's like you can you can. Like, it used to be easy to call someone who was a Tory like, oh, you know, you're Tory Nazi. But you can you can say the same about a Labour Party now if their <laughs> entire leadership is made up of like anti-Semitic people. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think the anti-Semitism thing resonates more. I think the problem with Trump is is that most people, I think, across the political spectrum, don't particularly like Trump. And he's almost actually having Trump say, oh, I think Boris Johnson may be a great prime minister. That's not really something you want as a candidate. But you don't want, nobody wants to be associated with Trump, even if you're a conservative. But I'd say you, when you talk about the political spectrum, are you talking about voters? Because he is more popular than anyone because he's the president. You know, he's, he's cause not he, really. Well, because he, ratings, because, uh, <laughs> but he won. You know, that's what I mean. He, he he won, you know. I still I think, think he's got he's got a lot of people who support him in the states. The average, you know, guy 
in his, his pickup truck. I think his approval has gone up a little bit in America because he hasn't like fucked everything. It's like he he sort of cleared a low bar on that one. But it was the election though was Hillary lost. Do you know? I know Trump was going on about oh there was a big surge for Republicans and blah blah. blah. There wasn't. It was all the people yeah, that voted I, for I don't Obama. Care, but I don't care about Trump at the moment. I'm more interested about in my mind. Like I was like pretty anti-labor already, but the last few <laughs> days have just shown that even just the Commonal Garden Labour Party is completely bonkers because they wouldn't talk to Trump. Yeah, and but the way that way that they conduct themselves and the language they use and the things they actually believe, like this new lady who was elected in Peterborough, she described uh, Theresa May as a Zionist slave master, or like she was she was under the power of Zionist slave masters. That and you know this sort of crazy conspiracy stuff. These are the people who are in charge of us. Come on. Trump likes his sort of conspiracy stuff. But, that, but that's what I mean. I think this is these last few, this last week has been really damaging for the, the left in general. And I'm relishing it because it's like all the, all the birds are coming home for the hypocrites. <laughs> you know, the, and like it writes itself, that baby blimp ended up looking like Emily Thornberry and also that NHS <laughs> nurse who got the sack. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw there was a lot of bickering between anti-Trump and pro-Trump supporters like around Trafalgar Square and that. And it was, it was, fuck, every single one of it was like super cringe. It became genuine. physical though. That's, yeah, I that's saw an old thing. guy like that. I think they were trying to grab his cap, his Make America Great Again cap, and he sort of stumbled over. It wasn't as brutal as people made it out. Like when I first heard about it, I was like, oh yeah, you know what? Like an old person falling over. Yeah, you could legit like break a hip, have some sort of like serious injury. But he just sort of like, he just sort of fell over. He was all right in the end. And then the guy getting milkshaked with that um, NHS... Was she a nurse or was she like NHS staff member of some type? Well, the irony was she was actually a you know private company that's contracted to the NHS. Um, <laughs> no, she was renegotiating her contract. <laughs> yeah, I think she saw the writing on the wall that she was probably going to get fired. So all of you guys, you, you still have the same opinion of Labour now that you had... Com- like a month ago compared to a week ago like i like i say my opinions got worse but you, you guys just ambivalent by and large La- labor hasn't been anything since basically new labor came along labor today doesn't know what it is because the society we live in isn't the standard old labor and the new labor is still seen as a tories but with better polish I voted Labour because my father voted Labour and his father before him and his father before him. We've always been a Labour family and that's just the way it's going to be. But the now I like Farage. Well, is that something? Maybe. I think they've actually, Brexit parties actually split the Tory vote more than Labour. Because I think old school Labour voters just don't vote anymore. Whereas the sort of more, the ones that came on board with new Labour and like Blairites, Ed Miliband, all that. Yeah, they were 80s yuppies. They're sort of uh, looking towards the Greens and Lib Dems now because Labour did, you know, the Schrodinger's Brexit. Yeah. Are we really in? Are we out? We don't know. Who knows? It's, maybe it's both. No, they basically they want off a lot of people with that. They wanted to stand on the sidelines and either wag their finger or pat themselves on the back. They were just letting the Tories completely but ruin no, themselves. No, but that's the like, thing. The Tories didn't know what they wanted to do because no one wanted it. Yeah, no one really in wants In politics, Tim, that's what I'm talking about. In politics, no one wanted this. Once it happened, people saw the opportunity of picking a side, but before, no one actively wanted it because no one fucking planned for it. Do you think that's the similarity between Brexit and Trump? That, like, no one in the Republican Party really wanted Trump. They wanted, um, like, Jeb Bush and ted cruz marco rubio they want someone they could control no, just we- just like just like losing membership of the eu they're losing control of of their power aren't they and their sort of pensions <laughs> <laughs> i think there is a similarity as well like the day that we found out that britain you know the way to vote the way to vote beautiful day i remember like, it was glorious weather do you remember like um boris johnson's face and michael Gove's face as well like when they did that press conference like they looked devastated it's like this is exactly what they didn't want neither of them actually wanted this result because they just wanted um, to springboard their own careers because wasn't this like cameron resigned pretty much that morning straight away didn't he? yeah which i think they i don't know how much was that was like oh shit what the fuck have we done in terms of we might actually have to leave the eu now as opposed to we just fucked over like they were really close osborne cameron gove and boris 
Boris uh, got knifed in the back. Would you say he was knifed in the back by Gove or Gove's wife? I don't know. Maybe the, both of them. Gove is like a fucking Carly knife master throwing blades <laughs> from distances <laughs> behind his back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. Was that today? <laughs> It's like yeah. basically now because Rory Stewart said he did yeah, opioids or something, right? He did. He smoked some opium when he was in like Afghanistan or somewhere at a wedding. That sounds like a really fun wedding, but <laughs> the, you know, it's better than bloody party poppers and a shot a goat sponge cake, yeah, no, <laughs> with, I, a, with a fucking RPG, yeah. No, I kind of think like he was. He went to the wedding and he was part of the wife's family, and the whole wife's side <laughs> was doped up. That's why this person was marrying him. You're but, like, oh but, yeah, you're with them. Oh, okay, you need. An injection now. <laughs> Go like on, breathe uh, that pipe in. Uh, but like, but like, uh, Roy Stewart, he uh, surrendered this information himself willingly, and Michael Gove surrendered this information himself willingly. It's obviously going to become a thing now, where like, you know, prospective leaders are going to have to just give full disclosure of their personal drug use in the past. Wait till the Northern well, like, MPs. Well, no, but ne- ne- during the next about during taking smack in a William Hill toilet. And like <laughs> <laughs> the SNP. What about the SNP? They'll be like shooting up in the toilets of the Commons. They actually did a. A, a, a cocaine smear test on all the toilets in the Commons years ago. I thought you were going to say on the SMP. <laughs> Nearly all the toilets had cocaine traces on them, and you know there was there was there's a lot of big drug culture among. Of course there MPs. is. And well, it's not MPs; it's everyone that works with them because they're paid pittance. Yeah. The people that write the laws, and I'm talking write them, like write the contracts, everything like that. Scrutinise the legislation. Yeah. And, yeah. They're coked off their heads because they have to do that in either tight time frames. I don't think Donald Trump should be allowed within a thousand miles of our shore because he would embolden the EDL on the one hand uh, and fuel the flames of terrorism on the other hand. His words are not comical. His words are not funny. His words are poisonous. They risk inflaming tension between vulnerable communities. Donald Trump is no more than a demagogue. He panders to people's fears as opposed to their strengths. His comments regarding Muslims are wrong. His policy to close borders is bonkers. And if uh, he met one or two of my constituents in uh, one of the many excellent pubs in my constituency, then they may well tell him that he is a wazzock for uh, dealing with this issue in this way. Let's be clear, Donald Trump is an idiot. Should Donald Trump have been allowed yes. into the UK? <laughs> yeah, he's the Come president. On. We're leaving the EU, whether you like it or not. Are we going to need to do international trade deals? And why not have a trade partner that's like the biggest fucking economy in the free world god's sake it's a no-brainer have america on your side they've got like jet fighters and rockets <laughs> we share a common language which happens to be the lingua franca of the whole world yeah but business you, and academia but they make it sound so common i think yeah like when it comes to the, the idea of should trump have come to uh, the uk obviously it was a D- 75th anniversary of d-day so i don't really think labor's position like of oh, we're not going to engage in any sort of, like, but formal state function they, with him. But, but we're going to ask for a talk. We'll do a one-on-one sit-down talk. Like, that was a bit weird. If you were in charge of the itinerary of what Donald Trump could do, would you let him do everything that he did? So, like, day one, insult Sadiq Khan. No, 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 no. But, like, I'm, t- I'm talking, like, the state videos, the visits, the places that he went to. Going back to what you're saying and the, the like, you know, why, why are people protesting Donald Trump rather than President Z? I think the difference is, is that we're meant to have this special relationship with America. And also, I think people think we have a sort of equivalent culture and society. So I think that's why some people are protesting more about Trump than, say, President Z. She, see, she. Anyway, um, we're, 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 we let we let him get away with worse things because he's a different color than us. Do you know? I think he's worse. Uh, it's not just about that. No, I mean it's 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 not about color. I, 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 that's not the point that I was making. Well, race, I'm trying to make sorry, is culture. See, no, I'm not trying to talk about race. Like, who cares about Chinese we, politics, really, in the UK? Well, there's that as well. We see America as being a lot of people. They empathise with America and American culture more than they do with you know certain other countries. Yeah, so I don't know. A lot of people find you know what Trump said and done in some aspects like you know almost an attack on our values as well because they're similar values. So I think that's the reason people are protesting. Uh, I'm not saying whether that's right or wrong, but you know, in terms of actually what he did on the itinerary, I mean. 
I think it's fine. I don't know if he if it was if he was stopped from doing anything. So I have to be honest. I don't know a lot about that. But I think you know it's fine that he was allowed to do what the stuff he did. I don't think you know. Yeah, I think... he behaves himself apart from doing his usual thing where he says one thing and then literally says I didn't say that the next um, day. Meghan Markle. He, yeah, Meghan Markle. Yeah, she's nasty. It's like he does that so much now. I just don't think it shocks anyone anymore. He said that she said some nasty things. He said he didn't know that she'd said nasty things. Those are his exact words. He didn't say that she was nasty. That's was fake news. Was That's fake a, news. A tweet that he sent because it's no, almost always no, like this a was tweet. A, this was an interview that the the, the son had with Donald Trump. And I, I listened to the audio of it. There were no pictures. It was just audio. And um, they, they said, you know, do you know that Meghan, you know, that Meghan Markle has been sort of critical of you in the past? And she has been like on Twitter and stuff. And he said, no, I did not know that. I did not know that she said nasty things about me. But then he was complimentary about her. He said, I'm sure she's going to do a great job. I think the younger royals said they weren't going to do anything with Trump and the Trump family, wider Trump family. Mm. Because they're obviously there's like a celebrity yeah, worship it, thing going it was, on. It with was like unusual. Harry and Will. It was unusual that you didn't see Harry and Will hanging out with um, Trump's sons. You know. Well, how weird is it that Trump's kids? First off, they've got jobs in the administration. That's kind of weird. And that they came on this trip. Like, why are they here? Well, I suppose if you get a chance to meet the Queen, you can bring your family. It's like a special treat for your kids. A bit like going to Centre Parks or Thorpe Park. Yeah. Now, as is customary whenever like any sort of American dignitary or elected official comes over to the UK, our press likes to harass them, really, about like what do they know about UK domestic politics. And the answer invariably is not a hell of a lot. I think it pains a lot of Britons that like we care about American politics day to day and they just don't give a shit about ours. But Trump was asked about the hot topics of the moment, namely Brexit, which is like what we're going to be talking about probably for the next 10 years. And obviously the uh, Tory leadership contest. Theresa May's on her way out. She sent the letter. She's officially resigned. I reckon she'll leave you completely. Think? I don't think she'll go to the backbenches or anything like that. I think she'll just go straight away. You think you'll never see or hear from her ever she'll again. She'll probably become a... And go into the House of Lords. Right. For doing what? Yeah, but that's the thing. Do you think You can she... say that about all of the fucking House of Lords, man. Come on. She's arguably one of the worst Prime Ministers ever. She's the most ineffective. Yeah. Which would, which like, means, I mean, you're in the same as, as a leader is like. fucking terrible. But she didn't, yeah, she didn't like start a war or anything like that. She just, uh, she, yeah, she got handed the reins of a ship that was going, you know, going to crash into like stormy seas, <laughs> and, she, and she and she basically leaned into it, saying, "There's no fucking storm." But you're sort of forgetting that she was the longest serving Home Secretary previously to that, and she was awful, and she oversaw like baleful cuts to the police service and most erroneously and irritatingly she under her leadership the home office lost all the sort of paedophile files about the mps that were under <laughs> that, it's not funny that they were under investigation for like child sex offenses they've lost the files windrush was and, worse and oh uh, yeah that was another one under her watch but trump he praised boris called him a friend and I think at that point, the press was very eager to point out that I think in 2015, Boris Johnson said something to the effect of, like, we're not friends. I wouldn't pal around with him or something like that. Well, this was the same time that that tape came out about that Trump made on a bus, like, bragging to some guys, as guys do, about grabbing women because you're famous. It's also tiresome, isn't it? Just, just that one little tape that came out, he's suddenly like the cheerleader for all rapists and sex maniacs <laughs> globally. To be fair, um, that, several that, women came forward and also said that he tried to, well, tried to touch them up as well. So, well, but, but just, I remember I the woman on the plane. I remember that one. The thing I don't get about Trump... There was at least, like, three or four others on top yeah. of that. But what I don't get about Trump... I knew about Trump in the 1990s. I knew him as a celebrity, and he was just, like, a sort of semi-popular celebrity. From Home Alone too. And then I saw Trump in the, the Apprentice, which was one of the biggest TV shows, very popular show, got loads of seasons. And I can't imagine how that happened how he stayed so popular being such a sort of sex crazed nazi you know it, it was only after he became president all these things came out i think well like bill cosby was popular for quite a long time <laughs> jimmy true. savile was popular for quite a long that's time true. oh my god between that yeah but they, they were they were jimmy savile and bill cosby were worse than donald trump though did, did donald trump oh, drug, course, drug someone yeah. did donald, is donald trump a necrophile satanist <laughs> like jimmy <laughs> savile was yeah, yeah, but it's, it's impossible to be popular if you're the same kind of world doing these other things and i'm just saying that yeah. got nothing to do with each other there are degrees of uh again trump's clearing a low bar here 
He's not the embodiment of evil. But to some people he is. Well, he only grabbed them by the pussy with one hand. He didn't use two. But just that one little tape was enough to sort of justify all of uh, Sadiq Khan and Jeremy Corbyn's crazy behaviour over the last week. I thought you were going to say bigotry. <laughs> well, they're all for diversity, but they're, they're not so keen on diversity of thought and opinion. Not when it comes to, like, nativism. Not when it comes to anything that's, <laughs> like, that's not the way they think. Mercantilism. Yeah. And like. I saw a story in the paper this week about Jeremy Corbyn and uh, Labour. If he gets in, he wants to introduce the back garden tax, where basically if, you, if your property has a garden, you'll have to pay more tax. They just want to batter everyone down to the same level. The if you stick your head over the parapet, then you'll get shot. The problem with politics and politicians is they say whatever they want because they know in politics whatever they say has a short memory. It's only just about getting yourself elected. You don't really... No, that, that's it. You can say whatever the fuck you want. Defer the conversation that someone else wants to have and bring it back to what you want to say. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's like the new statesman. You don't talk about what they want to talk about. You talk about what you want to talk about. Oh, yeah, you're, you're bringing in uh, this new apple orchard tax. You're like, yes, but we need to kick these people out. Yes, okay, but we're not talking about that. Yeah, well, they may have picked apples one time, but we need to kick them out. And here's why border security is really important. You're like, no, that's not what we're talking about. You're talking about apples here. Because, you know, they, they say Trump is the master of that, of, like, setting the narrative, talking about what he wants to talk about. There are he has really weak moments though where he gets exposed. Um, like so, I say uh, the press were asking about the hot topics at the moment. Brexit, the narrative on Trump, like he always says the same thing when it comes to Brexit. We'll give America, will give the UK a good deal. Now you've got to believe though with Trump when he says a good deal, he's talking about a good deal for, for America. America. Yeah. But it keeps getting... Obviously. Oh, go on. You can see the way that he's renegotiating all his trade deals, like the mm. EU with Mexico, with China. Why would he give us a good deal? Why would he? he why would the deal be based about, around what's best for us? His whole ethos is sense. like, you get the lion's share of it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's a 60-40 yeah. at best. Yeah. But it, it's usually framed around um, selling off the NHS, which is... Under a free trade deal. I mean, Trump said, okay, yeah, oh, God, that was kind of an embarrassing moment. You know when he's at the podium with Theresa May? Yeah. And um, mm. I think it was like, was it Sky News, Beth uh, Rigby or something like that? Anyway, she goes on about like, oh, um, Brexit, trade deal. Uh, surely the NHS would be on the table as like in negotiations. And Trump went, he like walked away from his podium and went to Theresa May. What, what's the NHS? The National, the National Health Service. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be on the table. Everything would be... And, like, Theresa May had a sort of, like, you know, she has that look where the corners of her mouth go down, and it's yeah. like something's <laughs> yeah. gone wrong. Like a, like a vulture. She looks more like a vulture <laughs> when something's going wrong. Mm. She had that face when he was like, oh, yeah, that, yeah, everything. But he's technically, he's right. When it comes to, like, um, an extensive, exhaustive free trade deal, yeah, everything is on the negotiation table. Doesn't mean you'll give it up, though. Like, everyone has red lines. Of course, I've always thought, like, people say, oh, it's terrible, you know, if uh, the Brexit party become a force in politics they're just here to sell off the nhs what party is going to say like oh if you vote for us we promise to privatize the nhs it's you know it's it's like a sort of golden calf it's never going to be uh touched you know by the the no. british public you know no party is going to stand on on that platform of 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 taking away healthcare that's not free, free at the point of entry not openly no but the problem with the nhs selling it off is it's death by a thousand cuts It'll keep its name. It'll still be the National Health Service. The name doesn't mean anything when you sell it off in parts. Or sell off, oh, don't worry, we've got uh, the admin. The admin, yes, we sold off the rights of the admin. We got a private companies, which they already do most of the time. Mm. None of it's in-house. It's just, it's just a money sink, though. It can't, it can't grow at the same pace that our population has grown in the last 10 years. The NHS is not meant to make money. The government is supposed to adapt to the needs of the NHS. So just but basically give, give it more and more money as time yes, goes on. So yes, like, um, but, but part of that is education. The government stopped educating people. Like The collectivised bargaining the NHS does for pharmaceuticals is the only reason why we spend under a tenner to buy medicine that costs nearly 50, 60 pounds. Whereas in America, it's like, yeah. it's orders of mag magnitude more, like drugs. Yeah, look, it's it, the, the reason... 
pharmaceutical companies still bargain with the NHS and they don't go like, fuck you, find your own goddamn thing. And they still come to the deals because the NHS promises that it will keep buying. It'll keep Both. buying at a rate uh, that it wants to, that is agreed to. What it can afford, really. Here's my thing with the Brexit and selling off the NHS. The NHS is part privatised already, right? And, like, that's what you would see. Like, if there was, like, this hypothetical trade deal with Trump, what it would take the form of is uh, American companies can bid on contracts along with, like, other foreign companies, right? On NHS contracts for, like, supplying drugs, supplying medical equipment, doing certain procedures, things like that, right? I think as a result of a free trade deal with Trump, you wouldn't see the NHS being sold off wholesale to some American conglomerate. It wouldn't be that. It would just be American companies would have a lot more access than they had before. Probably not legally, but, you know, like, practically that's how it's going to work out. I actually, look, I actually looked up on the internet this week uh, the percentage of clinical services that the NHS contract out to private companies. Can any of you guys, I'll ask all of you, can you guess what percentage of clinical services the NHS already contract out to private companies? 24. 80. 60. You were both close, seventy percent. Wow! So it's it's already you know it's already ha- happening. You know they have people doing the laundry for them. You know it's, it's just like one of those one of those things. Maybe people just have a problem with American companies working for them. What's that about? They don't want private health insurance. Everybody wants the NHS to be free at the point of use, yeah. which I think no, it no. will pretty much always will be until we accept. People like, misunderstand the NHS. They think it's free, but it's actually included within the taxes you pay yeah but there's loads of scallies who don't pay any tax whatsoever and they just <laughs> fucking sit in A&E because it's warmer than fucking their <laughs> the fucking cave they live in I don't know for like GP visits there should be a sort of timer of how long you were in there yeah and maybe like a brief summary of what your <laughs> diagnosis was to say like people can be like okay yeah yeah six minutes for that that's fair every time i go to the doctor they try and get you out within like three seconds anyway oh yeah you're in you're out you're, you literally barely finish talking and they're like yeah 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 go to this you know yeah okay here's your tablet fuck off come back in two weeks or like 30 days or whatever and get more tablets if yeah, I also did- the Tories have also cut a lot of the stuff to do with um, social care, looking after elderly people, and instead that burden is now just on the NHS as well. That's part of the reason you look now in the waiting room; it's just all old people. Well, yeah, it, it's been bundled. It's been bundled together. The whole idea yeah. of going like "fuck it," just throw it on that pile over there. The other one that comes up with the uh, Donald Trump's trade deal is a uh, chlorinated chickens. How afraid yeah. are you of? chlorinated chickens can somebody explain what chlorinated chickens are the, the cleanest chickens ever it's it's basically it's basically <laughs> they're washed in chlorine basically it's because the if you think about a, a american chicken factory it's different from a british chicken factory or even a french chicken factory it's fucking huge with like billions of chickens and the the standards are actually slightly there's, there's less cleanliness basically and to 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 avoid uh contamination all the, all the carcasses are sort of sprayed with tons of chlorine you pluck the chicken you bathe it in chlorine for like a few minutes or whatever, and then you hose it down with water. That's like the American way of doing it. The EU directive regulation way, it's all about like that the chicken has to be in a certain type of accommodation, like with enough room to turn around, things like that. Quality it's of life. Like, yeah, it's sort of more ethical than the American way. But when I looked at the stats, well, this came up, this came up like back in 2016. The UK has slightly less recorded illnesses related to like poorly prepared chicken than America does. But the EU overall has slightly more, not significantly, slightly more related chicken related illnesses than America does. In Europe, they don't eat nearly as many chickens as Americans do. And if there was like, if chlorinated chickens was a real massive problem like the world would fucking know about it it'd be like tens of thousands of americans die every year i think okay. the worst thing actually than chlorinated chicken is the stuff with steroids and stuff like that and beef That's i think true. more people are concerned about stuff like that they're saying that yeah. in about one generation we'll have some amazing basketball players then <laughs> the real story with chlorinated chickens is it's a protectionism eu farmers don't because like they have to go through like a uh, extra number of steps preparing their chickens than american farmers do American chickens are going to be significantly cheaper than EU-produced ones. So it's like, it's a protectionist measure more than anything. The problem with a deal specifically with America, I think no one's taking into account the concept of bulk. 
Americans grow in bulk and they sell in bulk. We will be overrun with the concept of bulk. Fat Americans coming over here with their fat US no, dollars. No, no, no. Numbers, num- numbers of items and stuff. There will be more waste because that's how the American system is built. They grow more than they need. They harvest more than they need. They're self-sufficient. No, they're self-sufficient a hundred times over. So all they're doing is selling off their excess, and their excess is so much that we will have so much Mm. left over. Flooded. We'll be flooded. Americans, uh, what I really notice is the difference in in an American supermarket compared to a UK supermarket. They've just got so much more choice. Like, we might have 10 different flavors of ice cream you can buy there. They'll have, like, 30 or 40... Yeah. I like Donald Trump. <laughs> Do you like Donald Trump? I like one thing about Donald Trump. Uh, well, I mean, okay, fine. We'll go through. We'll, I'll go through the list of like <laughs> things you like, likes, don't likes of Donald Trump. I right? just want. I just want a I general like opinion new, for or against. I said that I'm for. You guys have sat on the fence so far. He's got a sort of new streamlined hairstyle. That's a like. Really? Slightly less complicated and ridiculous than the last one. <laughs> But, okay, I like his uh, explicitly anti-political correctness stance. Okay with that, fine, like that. I liked when he went to the UN and bigged up the nation-state, like the concept of it. That's about... <laughs> That's three things. Like Ivanka. That's uh, <laughs> I like oh, Melania myself. Go. I'm a bit of a milf. But you know what I mean? It's milf like fan. the list isn't that long. But the, the worst things I think Trump has done... The Muslim ban, the way like he just sort of implemented that like on a Friday evening, so, like that was so fucked up. Um, telling Hillary when Hillary was like, "Thank God Trump's not in charge of the law, the judiciary, or whatever," and and Trump goes, "Yeah, because you'd be in jail." That was pretty bad. That was pretty insidious, man. That was like that was like um, Nixon Watergate level shit. And his response to Charlottesville was bad. It wasn't as bad as people made out. He didn't say neo Nazis were fine people. I accept all of that, but it was still he was wishy washy. Bad, exactly. Wishy washy. You're being wishy washy. Are you for or against him? It was a bit wishy washy the way he responded to that. All he really okay. had to do he was just come out. To say. All he had to do was just come out straight away and condemn neo Nazism. Like that's all he had to fucking do. Again, well, like the. Can I say something as well? Actually, I I heard quite an interesting interview where when he was running as a candidate, they were saying, would you renounce sort of, you know, support David David Duke? Duke?" And he was like, I don't know who that is. Okay, fair enough. Maybe he doesn't know. And then the broadcast is actually like the KKK. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. I need to get back to you on that. And it's like, why could he have not said at that moment in time, actually, I don't want the support of the KKK? Mm. Surely that was a no brainer. Well, Hillary Clinton, he was he was her mentor for many years. (laughs) David Duke. So like, uh, was he? They were close at one time. There's that photo of them hugging. Yeah. They, so they but all. This like, is when he renounced the KKK. I'm oh. sure, though. Like. But like, this goes down to this sort of like what aboutism. Yeah. Anytime system of Trump, it's like, well, what about Hillary Clinton? It's like, how about we just talk about Donald Trump in his own terms and not about Hillary Clinton? Because I don't think you know. I think. Do you like that's one of the ways of not actually engaging the things that he does and says is immediately moving the topic to someone else? Do you yeah. like? Do you like him? <laughs> No, I don't. I I think most. I don't know many people that think he's good. Even people who are to the right in politics, and mainly a lot of his own supporters, think the way that he talks about people and the fact that he lies in such an obvious way. I don't think people respect him or like him that much. I think there's a certain demographic that will always stick with him, maybe 30% of the American public. But most people in the world, and I even think in America, don't particularly like him or think he's a good president. There's a juvenility to him, and it's like the they okay it because it's like, well, it, you know this concept of it's pissing off the right people? Yeah, it's, it's like you poison. hate his enemies more than you hate him. I yeah. think a lot of people hate his enemies more than they dislike him. A lot of people hate Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Oh, no, I, I don't like her either. I'm not a fan. I mean, I would have been hard pushed to vote for her. But, you know, at least she's been open and honest about certain things. You know, she's been investigated. She's shown her tax returns. He's just not, you know, he hasn't put his interest into a blind trust. He hasn't shown his tax returns. He's objectively been less transparent than Hillary Clinton. Yet she's the one that's apparently a crook. I mean, maybe she is a crook, but, you know, she's still been more, tra- she's more transparent than he's been. Russia Gate was such a fucking disaster. They should have focused on uh, Trump University. You know, he took money from Trump University to pay off debts in another company. I know, yeah, I know there's some of that stuff, and I know there's other things where he's declared bankruptcy and he's basically not paid vendors and stuff money, and that's led to people losing their livelihoods. 
know, there's loads of stuff that he's yeah. done. It's interesting, but, though. It, to Tim's point, right? Because yeah. I think this is what Tim's getting at. Do you like him, yes or no? We got I one don't... good solid <laughs> yes, one good solid no. Tom's a bit up on the fence. What about what about you? you like I him? dislike him vehemently. As a person, as a concept of a celebrity... <laughs> as everything in his mode of talking everything like that as a politician he's not a politician as a personality he's not a personality he is a person oh. he's a person no he is a person that stood in the limelight and had enough money to say ev- to everyone else fuck you i'm going to step into the limelight every time he was asked for like 30 years are you going to run kind of thing. but uh, what I was going to say to Tim, I think what Tim's trying to get at, right, is Donald Trump a white supremacist? I don't think he is, I, but yeah. to what Anthony said, he f- definitely flirted at the very least with the idea of it. Like, he didn't just outright reject it, didn't just outright denounce, like, the neo-Nazis, the tiki torch ones, do you know Yeah, I mean? and, and I'm, I'm saying, like, just because I said that I'd like him doesn't mean I necessarily support all his choices, but on, on balance, like I say, I don't think he's done anything singularly evil or bad enough to, to justify he's yet to do anything prior president hasn't done i mean he's sort well, he's of done like a few things that i think other presidents haven't done and for one thing he actually said right into the run-up of the election he said basically he wouldn't accept the result if he didn't win and a lot of people have forgotten that uh, he also accused his political opponent of what well, he said he would lock up his political opponent if he mm. you know came to power both of those things are not features of democracy but, you know, the fact is he hasn't got the power to do any of those things, so it's fine. But both of those things are clear signs that, 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 you know, that candidate does not respect democracy. I think. But it's not unprecedented. No, you see, every time, every time the Republicans win, the Democrats always say it was some sort of foul play. Yeah, but they all respected fundamentally. Al Gore backed down in 2000. Yeah, he made the right decision, definitely. He backed down. He didn't say that. And the thing with Donald Trump is even when he won, he still said it was fraud. He said, actually, I should have won the popular vote as well. No, I, like, come on. Yeah, I, I think Donald Trump represents the worst impulses we have about each other. And him winning validates that those impulses are right. Although those impulses make you a winner. You can win in his mind, yeah. probably. No, I think in the in the in the American mind, in anyone's mind, it's the might equals right. Yeah, even Corbyn's team came out in like I think it was uh, early 2017, saying openly like we're going to be more Trump-like. We're going to attack the media more. We're going to cry foul more in terms of uh, this is a conspiracy against us, like using Trump rhetoric. Do you know what I mean? Basically, the He's end justifies the means. There is definitely elements of that. And, and that's like what I was saying before. I don't think it really matters now. Like the whole anti-Semitism thing, I think a lot of people have just said, no, nah, it's bollocks. That's just the media going after um, Jeremy Corbyn. I don't think they're looking any further into it in the same way that most Trump supporters now will just dismiss anything they said about Trump. Like Trump derangement syndrome, I, th- I recognize it as a thing to the extent of people have a tendency to say this was fine before Trump came along. And it's like, no, you can clearly see this was like a sort of a boiling up issue. And like Trump was handed the ball. It's like, I mean, rather than he's the cause of it. Typical, typical example. Yeah. It's used. Trump derangement syndrome is used to deflect like any fucking criticism. Like even when he said that Mexican judge shouldn't, she couldn't be impartial or something like that. Yeah, because they were Mexican. Yeah, that was obviously clearly a racist comment. But, I, I don't think how it can be interpreted any other way as being racist. But, it was because he attacked Mexicans, didn't he? But like, you, you often hear no, his- no. It was about the Muslim ban. Sorry, can I just finish this point? It's about the Muslim ban. That was one of the judges that was against that. Yeah, the I'm ninth sure district court. I could be wrong. Yeah. And no, immediately right. that. Sorry, what did you say? I can't hear you. I think you're right. It was the ninth district court judge. Yeah, it was something like, basically, that judge's opinion was, was said, you're wrong, you're doing this just because you've got this sort of Mexican heritage. Now, if that's not a definition of racism, then I don't know what it is. I mean, I guess you can say it's about nationality, not race, but that is fundamentally saying this person's opinion is not valid because they have a certain ancestry. I mean, how can that be to interpreted any other way? Well, the, uh, the thing is, like, Tom, Tom was talking about inheriting stuff, like the one that always strikes me as where people will scream like that trump he's locking like little kids in cages to come over the border and separating them from their parents how dare he uh, that that was actually in impl- implemented by obama that system you know he it was that something he inherited but people will say that he does that because he's evil you know it's guy can't win <laughs> he did inherit it but like, i mean he inherited I think he a lot did, in the end i think he has in the end like he sort of pledged to stop doing it 
Yeah. So ultimately, does the Trump state visit actually really mean anything? Did it change anything? Like, what's changed as a result of this? The sad thing is, it's not even. It was so ineffective. It didn't even muddy the water. That's what makes it so sad about the politics that we have today. I think it damaged the image of Labour as a, as a sane political party, middle of the road party that can do international politics. I think it is damaged. They, they've shown that they don't have any statesmen working for them at um, front bench level, that's for sure. I think more damaging to Labour this week was the uh, Lisa Forbes, Peter Barr by-election thing. Right. What was that? Because I didn't catch that out. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't read that in the media, so basically, explain to me. they beat the Brexit party. She won, uh, Lisa Forbes, Labour candidate. She won by about, I think it was just under seven hundred votes. Beat the Brexit party candidate. But the way people were talking about it was if, as if Nigel Farage was running. They kept saying Farage lost, but anyway, um, it turned out she's like been liking these anti-Semitic Facebook posts. She's been saying things like Theresa May is a Zionist puppet and all this, and. Uh, there's been official complaints were made about her prior to the by-election that Labour <laughs> kept wraps on till the day after the election. So she's actually being investigated right now for anti-Semitism and she just got elected to why, represent Peterborough. Why, why do people hate nightmare. the Jews? I truly don't understand why people hate <laughs> the Jews. <laughs> it's a long history. <laughs> I mean, you like, call it hatred. Yeah. What if it looks mild, annoying? Distrust. Distrust is the word, yeah. <laughs> And, and Rupa Huck as well, I think, yesterday. It turned out she's under investigation for um, some Labour staff member had a Star David on his bag. And she, like, gave him, like, shit over it. They're crazy. So, yeah, They're just it's crazy. Like, it's going, that's, that's gone wrong for Labour, I think, way more than... Uh, Who knows? Yeah, I've saying before, I think that anti-Semitism stuff is hurting Labour more than anything to do with Trump. Mm. I think if they hadn't... You know, that's the standard rhetoric on Trump. It has to be, right? But why don't they stop it? It's been it's been like sort of bubbling under for such a long time now. Why haven't they nipped it in the bud? Why have they allowed it to keep Tim, going? Tim, I, they must genuinely Tim, really hate Jewish people. Tim, can I explain to you something simple? People are idiots. You know how they're idiots because they cannot disconnect the concept of Israel from Jews. Yeah, because people forget that Israel's only been around yeah, that's for like a good point. Yeah. only been around since the forties. Yeah, if you don't count thousands of years ago, you know it's. Yeah, but it's the truth thing. is, it's not that Jeremy Corbyn's running around saying that all Jews are devious or something. It's basically this criticism of Israel, which is disproportionate, and you know Israel's had held up to a higher standard than other countries are. That is the form of discrimination. It's at a national level. It's not at a level of we think Jews are all X Y Z. No, that's, no, that's, the, and, that's and, the UN. No, but that's the thing. It's on both sides of the argument. It depends which on mean, who. It uh, no, it's on both sides of the argument. People cannot disconnect jews from israel can we all agree netanyahu yes. is a piece of shit <laughs> yeah, yeah no no, no. Like... israeli politics since the mid 90s is right wing and Likud are a bit they are a bit nasty they are yeah there's no doubt about it. and also there's the corruption as well i mean that's pretty bad as well i mean he's, he's being investigated isn't it and i think the only fact he's not being charged with anything is the fact that he can't be charged because he is the prime minister <laughs> he's swiftly passed the law very cunning <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to us prattle on about the Trump, the Donald, excuse me. Well, for me, it was more about just like the, the, the sort of party in waiting, one of the largest political parties in our country, acting like sixth form students. That's what it was more like. That's what, That was my takeaway from it. Trump just was Trump and, as usual, made everyone else make fools of themselves. He's been normalised, hasn't he? He's normalised he a lot of things, according to some people. <laughs> pissing on beds yeah. <laughs> if you enjoyed listening to us give us a like somewhere on facebook subscribe on soundcloud subscribe on itunes as well Actually, i know you heard this don't subscribe on itunes itunes is dead now uh, fuck itunes that's Gone. true so yeah fuck itunes we're going to stream exclusively on jay-z's new platform but we have a facebook page the name's ill-informed insight my thanks to tim thank you hyman i will be back Maybe sometime. And of course, Anthony. Thank you. Till next time. <laughs>